As a leader, there are a lot of changes that you need to make. Today, I'm going to share my toughest shift in leadership. And that toughest shift in leadership was to move from an employee to a supervisor. So when I was growing up, I grew up in a hardworking family, but we didn't supervise anybody. I don't think I knew anybody who was, quote, over people. That was a big deal, to be over people, to tell people what to do, to tell them when to clock in, when to clock out, and to give them assignments. Never did that. So when I became a pastor, I had a role, a responsibility to God to oversee the organization and to help people and to guide them and to sometimes say no to them. That was my toughest shift. Here's one way that it's expressed in the Bible. In Proverbs chapter 6, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So part of that shift from being an employee to a supervisor means that you have no commander. Uh, when I used to work and punch in, I waited for my foreman to tell me what to do. Well, unload that truck or load that truck or move that set of pallets. But when you become the leader, you have to initiate the action. There's nobody else to rely on to ask what to do because that responsibility is given to you. The same passage says that you have no overseer. Well, that means you have to go from others regulating how you do it to you deciding. As a pastor, I was 26 years old. Uh, people in the church, I think all of them were quite a bit older than I was, had two or three youth. But I was thinking they would know exactly how to do things. And they didn't. They knew how to do some things, but many of those things were my responsibility, not just to figure out what the initiative is, but to assemble all the pieces in the organization to achieve it. And then another shift I had to make was to having no ruler. Went from depending on others' assessment of how it went to you determining how well it went. Uh, as a young pastor, I still have this tendency. You preach a sermon, you want somebody to say, wow, that was a great sermon. Now, sometimes you get that as a young guy because people want to encourage it. The older you get, the less of that you hear. And if you're the every week preacher, growing up we had a great preacher, so I didn't go up to him every week and say that was a great message because it was a great message every week. But then when I became a pastor and people weren't saying that was a great message, I'm wondering, was that really a great message? I had to determine it myself under God whether I was being responsible and accountable to what he wanted me to do even when I didn't get that outside input. We often say leadership is a lonely place. That's one of the reasons why. Other people aren't going to tell you, and even if they tell you, those other people are not responsible for how well it went. That responsibility rests with you. So as a leader, you must answer and live with these questions. One of those is, what if it's a bad idea? <laughs> you know, we all come up with ideas. But if I implement this and it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea and it's on me. So the ways you can mitigate that, one thing I do is ask a lot of people before I implement it. Is it a good idea? What do you see as the downsides? What are the upsides? Another thing you have to answer and live with is what if it doesn't work? So you believe God wants you to do it. You're working as hard as you can, going hammer and tongs after the result. But what if it doesn't work? That's a responsibility that you live with as a leader that nobody else shares. And then another question, and this happens after you've gone a little further, 
in ministry, what happens to my reputation if it does not happen? What will people think of me? Uh, I had a friend of mine in Houston who, who would buy companies. And I said, what's the hardest company to buy? He said, the second one. Because with the first one, you have nothing to lose. But with the second one, you already have a reputation of doing well with one company. So there's an expectation there, a heightened expectation that the next company will go well. Now, if that doesn't go well, you not only destroy that opportunity, you put a big question mark on the one that did go well. So you have to live with that. You have to rest in that. Uh, the other question is, what happens to my ministry or career if this thing does not work? So you're in a church, you try a new initiative, if this doesn't work, does this mean the next one's not going to work? Are there other churches who aren't going to look at me now, who may have looked at me before, if this thing did work? Those are responsibilities you hold as a leader that you never hold when you're the number two person or you're an employee. A great friend of mine, a great leader, says it this way. The hardest part of kingdom vision is living with the burden it brings until the vision is achieved. That is absolutely it. So pastor, leader, God has his hand on you. You hold the burden of that vision. The good news is you don't have to do it alone. Now you're solely responsible for it, but organizations like Leader Increase and Strategic Church Network can come alongside you and help you and give you perspective but it really does come down to you making the shift to where you are the one responsible under God for this new initiative. You can do it. We do these videos to develop leaders to achieve increasing kingdom results personally and in the organizations they lead. So if this has been a help to you, please forward it to some friends of yours, follow us on social so that you too can accelerate what God wants to do through your life.